Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right, fact check this podcast, and for anybody who wonders why it is that every day it looks like, uh, for the handful of you who watch the videos, it looks like the sun is just shining right in my face and I'm recording in the middle of the day. It's because I am actually recording in the middle of the day, typically, because that means there's nobody here. I have been trying for the last 15 minutes to start, and every time I try to start, somebody goes into the bathroom, slams the door, bangs shit around. So, here we are. <laughs> maybe Maybe I'll actually get through this. Uh, attempt and complete a full episode. I'm going to keep this one relatively short, and this is going to be it for the week. Uh, it's probably going to be it until after the first of the year, honestly. Um, we got Christmas coming up this weekend, and then New Year next weekend, and with the kids and schedules and everything else, uh, my life gets pretty hectic from basically from today on for the next two weeks. So in order to keep up with all the other stuff that I'm doing, I'm going to take this last couple weeks of the year off from doing this episode or this show and these episodes, and I will pick back up after the new year. So this will be the last fact check this for 2021. And my new year's resolution this year was that I was going to stick with this and actually do these episodes consistently week in and week out, and I, I I, would have to say I was successful at that, um, and I, I, I've had so much fun doing it, and hopefully any of you who have been around with me and actually listened to this like since the beginning, because I know there are a handful who have done that, I really appreciate you. Um, the, the show has grown a little bit over the last couple months, which is pretty cool, but uh, as we go into the new year and kind of keeping things rolling. Let me know if there's anything that you would like me to talk about in particular, uh, people that you wanted me to interview. I've had extremely good luck with just asking people if they would be interested in me interviewing them and getting yeses. So, um, you know, give me feedback. I, I know pretty much every episode I ask for feedback. So let me know what you think and we'll go from there. As for today, let me just pull this up right quick for those who are watching. It's from The Guardian. Maybe. I don't know why StreamYard is acting funny today. Here we go. Republicans are shamelessly working to subvert democracy. Are Democrats paying attention? I'm just going to read the whole thing and get, get it all out of the way. It's not a super long article, and it's... I found it absolutely hilarious reading through the whole thing. So, so I, I'm just going to read through it 
for anybody listening and maybe it'll be as funny for you as it was for me. So voting rights activists say the country has not fully awakened to the threat. A dry run, a dress rehearsal, a practice coup. As the first anniversary of the 6th of January insurrection, the U.S. Capitol approaches, there is no shortage of warnings about the danger of a repeat by Republicans. But even as Donald Trump loyalists lay siege to democracy with voting restrictions and attempts to take over the running of elections, there are fears that Democrats in Washington have not fully woken up to the threat. At the state level, we're raising hell about it, but the Democrats on the national level are talking about Build Back Better, the infrastructure bill, and lots of other things, said Tony Evers, the Democratic governor of Wisconsin. When we think about voting rights and democracy, I would hope we would hear a little bit more about that from the national level. Hopes that the attack on the Capitol would break the fever of Trumpism is the Republican Party uh, in the Republican Party were soon dashed. All but a handful of its members in Congress voted against a 9-11-style commission to investigate the riot, and many at national level have downplayed it, rallying the former president's defense. But it is an attritional battle playing out state by state, county by county, and precinct by precinct that could pose the bigger menace to the next election in 2024, a potential rematch between Trump and Joe Biden. An avalanche of voter suppression laws is being pushed through in Republican-led states from Arizona to Florida to Georgia to New Hampshire. Gerrymandered maps are being drawn up to form districts where demographics favor Republican candidates. Backers of Trump's big lie of a stolen election are running to be the Secretary of State in many places, a position from which they could serve as the chief election official in their state. Trump's endorsed such candidates in Michigan, Arizona, Georgia, and Nevada, all crucial swing states. The all-out assault against, uh, suggests that Trump and his allies learned lessons from their failed attempt to overturn the 2020 election, identifying weak points in the system, and laying the groundwork for a different outcome next time. Dean Phillips, a Democratic congressman from Minnesota, said, It looks like Plan B is populating state elected offices with believers of the big lie and morally corrupt candidates. We should all be concerned about that. And by the way, not just Democrats everybody. Yet despite waves of media coverage recently including the Atlantic Magazine and the Guardian, the New York Times newspapers, Democrats face the <laughs> sorry. <sighs> I have trouble taking these motherfuckers seriously. <laughs> Democrats face the challenge of getting their voters to care. Many are confronting inflation, crime and other priorities and may assume that having defeated Trump last year, they can stop paying attention. Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington state, said, It's still very difficult to imagine the severity and depth of what Donald Trump tried to pull off. It's hard sometimes to recognize something when it's new. For the president of the United States to try to stage a coup is unprecedented. It's hard for people to wrap their heads around it. Inslee described Trump as a clear and present danger who is trying to remove the impediments that rescued democracy last time. State governors are not the only ones sounding the alarm about dangers of complacency or assuming that normal service has resumed. Jenna Griswold, a Colorado Democrat seeking re-election, is chair of the Democratic Association of Secretaries of State. 
which focuses on electing Democrats to those positions. She said, while there has been a surge of attention from activists and donors to those races, it is not enough. I think one of the issues happening is that because this is the United States, the idea that our most fundamental freedom of living in a democracy is under attack, it's hard to really grasp. She said, it's important that we keep learning or that we keep leaning in because the folks on the other side are definitely leaning in. In Michigan, one of the leading candidates of the Republican field is Christina Camaro, who has spread lies about January 6th and the election. Lies, all the time with the lies. Uh, She is seeking to oust Jocelyn Benson, a Democrat who became one of the most high-profile secretaries of state in 2020 when she took steps to make it easier to vote by mail in her state. Like Griswold Benson, who describes herself as avowedly not a partisan, said she noticed increased interest from voters and independent donors, but not from the National Democratic Party. We're not seeing the same sense of urgency that perhaps the other side has shown investing in these offices, she said. With the exception of the vice president, who's been enormously supportive and gets the importance of these offices from a voting rights standpoint, I've seen no significant increase in support from national party leaders than what we experienced in 2018, which wasn't insignificant. Acolytes of the so-called Stop the Steal movement are drilling down even deeper, targeting local election oversight positions that have traditionally been nonpartisan and little noticed. With only a few hundred votes at stake and candidates often running unopposed, yet these two could pull at the threads of the Democratic fabric. In Pennsylvania, for example, there is concern that election deniers are running for a position called Judge of Elections, a little-known office that plays a huge role in determining how things are run on Election Day. Scott Seaborg, Pennsylvania State Director of All Voting is Local, a voting advocacy group, said that the role uh, said the role is essentially the top position at the precinct polling place on Election Day. They could cause huge disruptions at the polls based on how the office holder interprets rules around ID and spoiling mail-in ballots, he added. Seaborg agreed that not, a, not enough attention has been paid to these local races. There's no precedent for this, as far as we know, in any sort of modern history of elections, he said. I don't think folks anticipated this. I'm not sure how seriously entities like the Democratic Party are taking this, but they ought to. Similar anxieties emerged earlier this week when the grassroots movement Indivisible ran a focus group with members from Georgia, Indiana, North Carolina, and elsewhere. Ezra Levin, the group's co-founder and co-executive director, said they're worried about the governors, they're worried about their secretaries of state, and they're worried, even at a more local level, about previously nonpartisan or uncontroversial election administration officials being taken over by a well-funded and very focused operation led by people who have embraced the big lie. These are not positions, especially at the local level, that are getting as much attention, but it's real. We see Steve Bannon, former White House Chief of, Chief of Staff, now a right-wing podcaster. It's funny that that's how they define Steve Bannon, but whatever. <laughs> trying, to, trying to lead the charge, getting folks to take up the lowest level spots in the election administration ecosystem. It's happening right in front of our eyes. Levin, a former uh Congressional staffer noted that the Democratic Party is not a monolith, but warned that Biden has devoted his political capital traveling the country to make speeches, holding meetings on Capitol Hill to causes such as infrastructure rather than the future of democracy. The big missing puzzle piece in this entire fight for the last 11 months has been the president. 
pressure on the Senate to act intensified this week when 17 governors wrote a joint letter expressing concern over threats to the nation's democracy. Evers of Wisconsin was among them. On a phone interview, he said Democrats in his crucial battleground state are highlighting the full-throated attack on voting rights, but acknowledged that voters have numerous other concerns. Everybody's talking about it, but when they go home from the Capitol and they're visiting with people, I'm guessing that the conversation talks about more bread and butter, things like that. I want my roads fixed, and thank you for reducing taxes, Evers added. A beautifully well-written article. It, what I thought was really interesting and hilarious about this article is if you read the time, uh, the time piece about fortifying the election and the way they went about making sure that democracy was preserved and ensuring that Joe Biden won. They they really took it from a broad scale, like national level. They weren't worried about the state side of stuff. They took the big swipes to ensure that they were covered in the right places to check all the boxes and get the votes that they needed in the places that they needed to control the swing states and ensure that democracy prevailed, a.k.a. a Democrat won. So reading this article, and this is this is beautiful and brilliant because it's kind of it's kind of what Andrew of Popular Liberty and Pete and Buck are talking about and doing. Um, it's something that the Libertarian Party in a number of different states, I know in Pennsylvania and here in Indiana as well, are kind of taking targeted approaches towards and looking at like local offices and stuff that you can that are typically nonpartisan. Uh, races that you can get in and win fairly easily, like really picking off that low-hanging fruit type stuff. Uh, it's really interesting that it looks like the Republican Party has kind of figured out, okay, if they're going to go big and they're going to go with that top-down, like covering things from a national level to try to ensure that they get what they need in the right places. We're going to go ground up and we're going to take those places away from them so that they can't infiltrate and subvert those. And what's really hilarious, like especially how much emphasis they put on the voting laws. And I, I'm almost positive I've covered this at least at least once, if not twice, because because the Georgia voting laws came up and the Florida voting laws have come up just in this past year. And I know I've talked at least at least about the Georgia ones when they came out. Uh, like this is all sold as like being extremely racist and this like huge prevention of people being able to vote, like taking away people's right and ability to vote but when you look at the like the the voting the voting laws and the like the regulations and stuff like that it's ensuring that 
people who are legally allowed to vote are casting a legal vote. That's really all there is to it. Like, it's not adding a whole bunch of steps. It's not disqualifying people who are otherwise eligible. There's nothing nefarious about it. If any of these laws were anything other than above board, like they wouldn't get past their secretaries of state. Because for as much as they're talking about these positions and, and the people running for them, these voting these voter laws are going through now as it as it stands without serious opposition. They're winning fairly handily. Uh, it's interesting to look at. The reason that this stuff is being opposed is that the and, and they talked about this in that time in that time article was that they went through and they strategically in swing states were able to make it easier to vote by mail, make it easier to I may not be able to put this on YouTube. Make it easier to get away with voting uh, less than above board so that votes could be manipulated and votes were harder to validate. Votes were easy, it was easier to count the votes without having to know for a fact that they were legit. Hopefully that all makes sense. And you'd have to go back and, and look at the Time article, and I, I can pull it back up. Uh, I can't remember where I saved it. Because, like, I, I actually saved it. Um, I saved the text of it, because I after they posted that, I was like, oh, God. Then, like, they just gave up the whole game. They, they, they came right out and said it. Uh, like, there's no way this is going to stay up. They'll they'll realize that they that they just revealed the whole game plan and they'll take this down like they're not gonna they're not gonna let their admission of what they did stay stay on the internet right so i saved like the text of it uh and i'm, I'm pretty sure like last time i looked it was still up so like that's that's some fucking balls man to just openly admit it and then not not even try to take it down um but yeah if you looked at the way they went through it like they pushed all the right buttons to make sure that voting would be easier, that there was no way to validate the votes, that it could just be counted and they could get their numbers. So what all of these voting restrictions do, are the restrictions as they're calling them, all these voting laws, what they do is they ensure that there's a level of checks and balances in the voting process so that the votes can be confirmed, can be verified, that you know who voted and that you know that they voted legally and 
and there's no, you know, shenanigans going on with the process. So everything that's going on now that these states are doing subverts what was done in 2019 leading up to the 2020 election effectively. Uh, so, of, of course, like, of course, Democrats are going to be pissed off about that. But the problem that the, the National Party has is they are too busy <laughs> being miserable failures at pretty much everything. I mean, Biden's got the Biden has the lowest approval ratings of maybe any president ever. Uh, he, he, they claim that Trump had lower approval ratings, but I'm like, I never particularly put a lot of faith in those numbers at the time because they tend to skew their polling. But amongst independents and moderates, Biden is polling very, very low in terms of his approval rating. And even if, uh, even amongst Democrats, he's he's very low, like sub 50%, I think. So Biden is very unpopular. And Kamala Harris is even less popular. And the Democratic establishment as a whole is not doing particularly well either. And they've got their hands full with the whole Joe Manchin situation, which uh, Joe Manchin is a fucking godsend at this point. Um, So the Democrats on a national level, they've got their hands way too full. And because it's off your elections and there isn't the existential Trump threat, like they could, they could really push that button and run with it in 2019 and 2020. But the average Democratic voter is getting fed up with that that line, that, especially with COVID continuing to drag on and the way that they've used the fear-mongering and just panic porn to, to keep COVID drummed up. And they can't build the threat of Trump to their base because they've spent so much time building the threat of COVID, especially when you consider that Trump's gone. He's been effectively out of office for a year. And also that voting base is starting to see all of this inflation come to a head and really start to hit them in the pocketbook and really start to make life harder. So they're going to have trouble really pushing this agenda with with the base. Because it's just not at the front of anybody's mind. It'll be really interesting to see how this works out over the next year, especially like 2022 midterm elections, seeing how these voter registration laws maybe impact the way these elections are carried out, especially on some of the big swing ones that would have been in position to be fortified and to see how those end up playing out with that uh, inability for fortification. Now that there's so much restriction on the voter voter laws, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. 
I think the Democrats are about to get the fucking floor mopped with them here in 2022. And then they're going to spend the next year and a half leading up to 2024 trying to figure out how to unfuck themselves. And I think they're going to be too far behind the eight ball by that point. But we'll see. I might be wrong. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for the uh, for the anarchist just sitting back and watching it all unfold. Um, I'm highly interested and really kind of looking forward to it. I want to see them rip each other's throats out. It's going to be wildly entertaining. Uh, this this could be the beginning of the end, one way or the other, and I'm like I know which way. I hope hope that it goes. Talked about that a few times myself as well. Um, like I, I hope that's the way it goes, especially as you see more coming about with the abortion bill stuff that I've been talking about, and now with the voting reg- registration type stuff that I'm talking about here. Like more states taking matters into their own hands, more state governments and local level governments taking matters into their own own hands and saying, no, we're not going to fucking do this. No, we're not going to, we're not going to go along with what the, the federal government's saying. We, we have autonomy as states. We have the 10th amendment for a reason, and we are going to en- enact our power to govern as we see fit. And you can't stop us. That's what needs to happen. And that's the more that happens, the more we can get back to the way this is supposed to work to begin with. That's all I got for today and for this week. As a matter of fact, uh, I will still be doing the the morning after with Mark, Clyde, and Dag. So check us out over at the morning after every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7.30 a.m. Central. 8.30 a.m. Eastern. You can do the math on Mountain and Pacific. But check us out. We'll be talking about whatever news topics happen to pop up. I think we're going to do a uh, non-PC Christmas song episode on New Year's Eve morning. So, uh, not New Year's, uh, Christmas Eve morning. So that'll be a lot of fun. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else we got going on. No, probably not. Uh, we'll do one more episode of Peddling Fiction this week uh, before New Year or before New Year. I keep saying New Year's before Christmas, before Christmas, and then we'll have our uh, Christmas Eve happy hour. So if you're a contributing member to the Peddling Fiction group or show, uh, you'll get in on that. Uh, if you're not a contributing member, go set up a monthly recurring donation of a dollar and join us on Friday night to uh, spike our eggnog and eat all of Santa's cookies and act like a bunch of DGNs. And in the meantime, I hope everybody has a very happy, uh, Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy new year. Don't drink too much. Don't get run over by the reindeer. And I will see you again after the first of the year. Have a good one.